Lana Jayla. Yes. You just left the bathroom after brushing your teeth and taking a shower. Uh-huh. I, I just freshened up, yeah. You were telling me that you listened to some good music in there. What was it? I did. Oh, no, it was just some stuff that I um I uh, had on my likes list and uh, what I added to my likes list. It's, it's ever-growing. <laughs> yes. It's ever-growing. I love it. I, I, um, I love it. I listen to it every day, pretty much. While there is more to life than the likes list. I know. Enjoyable. Yes, I know. I mean, there's so much stuff. And if I don't, if I can't decide, I just like, oh, why don't I just listen to stuff I like? That's good. That's, that's what I, that's what I say. We got up early this morning, babes. Right. Well, actually I did. (laughs) I kind of like, I checked my time and it was like 4.15 in the morning and then I was sleeping. Well, I didn't sleep. I was just kind of lying there uh, listening to music, but I did have a, um, a strange dream that I will talk about later on. Very good. Yes. I woke up around five. We started really talking about six, I want to say. Around that time, yeah. And I was starting to feel tired, so I massaged your head, scratched it, you like that. <laughs> and eventually you said to me, maybe we could take a nap, oh, like an owl, okay, this was around 7.30. I immediately fell asleep I did woke not up go around to sleep. 9. No, I, I did not go to sleep. I think by then I was like wide awake. Oh. But I was listening to more of my music, so it's, um, it was good. Did you do anything else while I was out? No, I didn't. I didn't want to wake you up. Thank you, babes. Yeah, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted, I didn't want to be rude. Well, you could have gone outside, danced, or... No, no. I I could have jumped on my trampoline, but I didn't feel like it. That's good. Yeah. Alana. Yes. After that, we had some hot chocolate and then got washed up for the day. Yes. I am still in my old clothing because I didn't bring a lot of clothes over here. That's since fine. it was since a last minute thing, but I did shave if you want to feel. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Soft as a baby's bottom. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel very good right now, babes. You feel good? Yes. Oh, good. I do. Good, good, good. Last night. Yes. We ate from a restaurant called Jersey Mike's. And we this... talked about it for a while, but we yes. actually took the plunge yeah. yesterday and did it. It was so good. Oh. I, I have heard of Jersey Mike's. I I heard that there was a Jersey Mike's in Salem, Oregon, but never been there. And you told me that there was a Jersey Mike's here in Portland, or at least uh, at least one. That I just tried last week. And it kind of surprised me that you've never had their food, considering that you're such a big fan of Grubhub. I didn't even realize that they... I, I guess I should have checked, because I thought I heard that they were on Grubhub... And I am a big fan of Grubhub um, because I like their selections. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was so so very very surprised that um, how good they were because I I thought that they were going to be like a a Subway ripoff or um, or uh, I thought they were going to be like Subway and I was very uh, I was glad that they were not like Subway and I like Subway also but. I was glad that they tasted different. Yeah, that was my fear, too. Yeah, but I heard some really great things about Jersey Mike, so I did. We went downstairs. The driver got to us pretty quickly, got our stuff, 
And I'm not allowed to talk about what happened in the elevator. I was no, asked to. I think that uh, you don't have to talk about every single thing that happens to us. Would you like to discuss it, though? No. Are you sure? No. Okay. It's really not that important, and I don't think it's that funny either. I was asked not to discuss it here by you. Right. Even though I, I did laugh a lot. Uh, yeah, but you laugh at a lot of stuff that I don't think is funny. <laughs> but this is an archive. So you could look back to it in the future and say, oh, that's when that thing happened. So are you sure you don't want to discuss it and no, archive your life? No, it's not important. Okay. No, and no, it's not. It's really not that important, honestly. And you're certain that you don't want me to discuss it? No, I don't want you to discuss it because you know what's going to happen if you do. Okay. Okay. The wrath of Jalil shall come upon you. I'll be like William Shatner. But I just screamed, J-Lo. <laughs> Wait, what is it referring to? From the Wrath of Khan? Oh. Star Trek 2? Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Oh. You remember, I'm not a Trekkie. I'm not a big fan of the Star Trek movies. Okay. But Wrath of Khan is really good. And he was in that one? Of course, he was Captain Kirk. Uh, when did that come out, actually? 1982. Okay, yeah, I am not familiar with that, so obviously I wouldn't know where that was referring to, but now that I know, I understand. It was six months before I was born, but you were still around. And I don't remember that. I was hanging two. Hanging about town. Okay. I was two. Well, good for you. Good for you. Oh my goodness, you was. <laughs> we pretty much ate all your barbecue chips along with our sandwiches. Right. Well, there's still the few left, but they're just like little pieces. Oh. Which I will eat the rest of. Oh, those are good chips. I, I know, I know, I know. I was glad I got them. I'm like, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, it was really good. I love barbecued. Uh, I love barbecue potato chips. Yes. It's good stuff. We wrapped up dinner early. Mm-hmm. And then we played cinematic roulette. I started reading you, which is basically just saying we watched movies that we weren't planning to. Right. I read you titles from HBO Max. And you decided that we should watch A Star is Born, the yes. 1950s version with Judy Garland. Now, I should say that I had really only known her from The Wizard of Oz and those tapes that were floating <laughs> around the internet maybe 20-something years ago. Before she died. Yeah, where she would go off on different people. And it was, uh, yeah, and, and um, I thought it was very, very sad to hear clips of it because she was like far, far gone by then. I had heard that she was friends with Mickey Rooney as well. Because they were child stars in about the same era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I wasn't sure what to expect. So This is also the first version I've seen of The Star is Born mm. or A Star is Born. And I know that they've made four movies about it. Did they really? And four official ones, right? Okay. So there was one in 37, Judy Garland one in the 50s, the Barbara Streisand version, and the Lady Gaga version that came out a couple of years ago. Are back. you serious? There's a Lady Gaga version, really? Yes, with her and Bradley Cooper. Wow. But okay. it's based on an older film that came out, I think... In 1930. In the, somewhere in the 30s before the 1937 version. And supposedly the story is loosely based on a silent film star. Oh, wow. Yes. See, I, I'm not interested in seeing any of the more official versions of A Star is Born, like the Lady Gaga version. That's crazy. But I would be interested in seeing the f- film that it's based on from the 30s. Yeah, I'm not interested. I mean, I thought that, I think Barbara Streisand 
I heard um, Barbara Streisand um, starred in the 70s version of A Star We just mentioned that. Uh, did, did we? I did. You did? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. But Lady Gaga? Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too, uh, I'm not going to rush to see Lady Gaga acting anytime soon. By the way, there was some weird story this week about apparently somebody pulled out a gun on our dog trainer and stole her dogs. <gasps> Oh, wow. But she got the dogs back. Oh, good. I might be having that somewhat incorrect, but I believe it's something like that. That's crazy. Yes. So anyways, wow. we uh, sit down. Go yeah. ahead. No, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm done. Okay, good. Well, I'm Rick. <laughs> <laughs> we sit down to watch this movie, and I'm not sure what's going to go on. I see it's a three-hour running time. but It's long. All right, I've never seen any of these films and I consider myself a student of the cinema. So I might as well watch it. And I got to say right off the bat, I really enjoyed this movie. I did too. I I didn't know if I was going to like it also because of how long it was, but, um, and it, and it was not, it was not confusing. The plot line was pretty, um, straight forward. And, um, Judy Garland did a, fantastic job in this movie she did she showed a lot of range now something that took me out of the movie for a little bit and i expected it but it i was surprised how much it affected me Mm. they lost some of the footage of a star is born i think it was before it actually came out in theaters oh well so what they did is for part of the movie and it's maybe 10 minutes throughout the film and it focuses like it's pretty early on in the movie Mm mm-hmm they took the audio of the actors because they still had that, and they put uh, they showed on the screen still photography that they had taken when those scenes were actually saw, shot. When the scenes were shot, wow. yes, but they didn't have the actual footage. Oh, so it's wow. kind of weird. But okay, that's odd. Once you get past that, and it's very short in the film, it's really really good. Yes, shall we? Uh, shall we tell the story? Do you want me to do it, or would you like to take the lead? Um. I think you should do it because there were parts of it that I, I may have missed because I was super tired. Oh, yeah. I like this film so much that I stayed awake during it. I did stay awake for most of it. Alana fell asleep. At one point, she was snoring. Hey, 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 Hold hey, on. Hey, what? Hey, what? hey. What? I don't need to know that. She was making some rest sounds. Uh, about. Uh, uh, Hold on. I'm telling a story. Uh, that you may or may not remember about. I, okay, I fell I fell asleep through parts of the movie because I was super tired. Let, let me tell my story. No. Yeah, let me tell. Uh, it. No, yeah. I, because this happened to me. I was I I, I fell asleep. It through, also happened to me. I know, but I was the one who was falling asleep. So anyway, I, I fell asleep through parts of it. Um, uh, Rick uh, did eventually uh, make sure that I was awake, and I and I did. Um, okay. Enjoy. So at one point, maybe fifteen minutes in. We're not going to call them it snoring, but I heard some sounds emanating from my girlfriend. <laughs> and I kind of woke her up and I said, Babes, it's almost the end of the movie. No, yes, you did. You did not fall for it. Though. I did not fall for it. I thought it was one of your jokies. Oh, oh. in any event, <laughs> let me talk about this film a little bit. So good. Give a Go. synopsis. Yes. And if there's anything you remember about the picture for the five minutes you were awake during it, feel free. I was not awake for five minutes. It was less than that. No. No, I'm just having fun. Okay, let me go. It starts off 
there is a benefit being thrown for some fund. I forgot what it was, but they mentioned it. I forgot it, it, but there's like a bunch of stars on the red carpet. And everybody's performing, enjoying themselves. Then we get the word that this actor, Norman, is drunk, even though he was supposed to participate in this event. They're like, well, we can't let Norman come out this way. We're going to have to keep him away from the stage. But he's gallivanting around backstage and they're trying to distract them eventually judy garland goes on the stage she's basically somebody who isn't famous but is known as a singer and gets this break and her name is uh, her character's name in the beginning of the movie um is really esther blodgett correct yes norman sneaks up on stage during a dance number Esther makes it work. They get off. The performance goes relatively well. And she's laughing during this performance. Yes. She thinks it's hilarious. And then later on, Esther's backstage and I was like, I can't believe that guy is a star. He's really, really weird. Yeah. Norman comes back, introduces himself while he's still intoxicated. And is basically like, you know, maybe I'll see you sometime or unless you want to hang out tonight. He takes Esther back to the place where she's staying. Mm -hmm. Now, Esther is supposed to leave town the next morning to go to San Francisco. So, goes home. She ends up... uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I skipped ahead. Yeah, I think you did. I did. What happens is she leaves and says, I'm going to go and perform. Yep. Norman goes on drinking and enjoying himself and eventually ends up at the club where she's at. Now, I'm assuming that he drank a lot of water before getting there because he's mostly sober by this point. Right. Then he says, all right, uh, I'm going to take you back to your hotel room. Uh They go back. He explains that, you know, I could really do some stuff for you. You have a lot of potential, but you've got to, like, leave this band behind because I think that they're going to hold you back. She agrees to think about it. Yeah. And eventually... Esther tells the band leader that she will not be joining them, but she'll see them off to the station. Yeah, he was very upset <clears throat> because they planned this, mm-hmm. and she was supposed to be the star of their band. Now, I believe at the bus station is when they started <clears throat> using the still photography. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, again, it's a short portion of the film. They say goodbye, and she is left to get jobs around Hollywood because <clears throat> Norman can't remember where he found her yep right or where he dropped her off at. right exactly she lands a soap commercial on the radio yes does it and norman's just like hanging around the studio one day hears the commercial realizes it's her finds her and kind of helps guide her career at the beginning yes yes uh, he does he takes her gets her a contract at the studio they change her name to Vicky Lester. Vicky Lester. Vicky Lester, yes. Vicky Lester. And Vicky Lester starts acting in movies, doing bit parts. Now, one day, the head of the studio goes to see Norman and is basically this, they're friends. Mm-hmm. He's complaining about life and about how this starlet quit a film production. Is that Oliver Niles? Yes. Oliver Niles is his good friend and also the head of the studio. I already said that. Yes, I know. Thank you for backing me up. Yes, I You know. might have been asleep when I said that. Anyways. No, I wasn't asleep. Okay, I didn't hear snoring, so maybe you weren't. Hi! Hi! He's like, well, I need to replace the starlet. 
Norman already knew that the starlet fell out. out. Mm-hmm. So he had Vicky Lester do a singing test, like across from where his dressing room is, and opens up the window, gets what's it, the homeboy's name? Uh, the it, boss of the studio, um, Oliver. Oliver to hear that and put her in the movie. So they go off and get married. Norman's still an alcoholic. Yeah. And oh, and they do change. They do change their names, um, and they marry. Um, they marry outside of the, or they they get married without the studio knowing, right? Is that correct? Correct. The studio was planning to throw a big event, but they wanted it to be a small ceremony. Yep. And the press secretary who works for the studio is really upset because. Norman just keeps pissing people off left and right. And he says, we could have really helped your career doing this. But Norman being such an alcoholic doesn't really pay attention to this. Right. Exactly. So finally, Vicky's movie comes out and it's a huge success. One thing they do in this film is they actually make like a mini movie of her movie that they show in it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I felt felt it went on just a little bit too long. I I would agree. Yes. But overall it was really good. Yep. She becomes a star and Norman basically gets fired from the studio. Yes. Because people can't depend on him anymore. He's too much of an alcoholic. He's late. His movies aren't doing as well as they used to. Mm-hmm. So he becomes a house husband. And he's a husband. Mm-hmm. Actor. But Vicky's career keeps picking up. I have to mention the scene that I think we both liked because it really um, attests to how much of a star she was. Um, and what the, the kind of stuff that she was doing. Like, remember when she um, came home? Yes. She put on her uh, practice record. And while she had the practice record on of the musical, or the movie, rather, she was acting it out. That's a great range on Judy Garland's part. Yeah, China, Africa. You know, she was acting out some scenes about Africa. Um, she was talking about, oh, it has everything in there. Sex and love and all the stuff. And Now, seen through the eyes of today, some of it may be a little bit on the edge of racism, but it still worked if you take it in the context of when it was made. She put a lampshade on her head in the Chinese act. Yes. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> Did she do anything else in the African act? In the African act, she put around this, I think it was a rug that made her look like she was a lion. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. But and they were throwing pillows at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a fun scene. Yeah, it was. In any event, we eventually get to the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when it all <laughs> comes to a head. Uh, Judy Garland, whose character's name at this point is? Vicky Lester. Vicky Lester. I remember Lester, but not the Vicky part. Vicky Lester. You said it a while ago. I know, but I forgot. I'm not oh, great with names. Goodness. No goodness. Anyways, she's there and waiting for Norman, who hasn't shown up yet. We get to the Best Actress category, and Vicky Lester wins. Yeah. He walks in as she's giving her acceptance speech. And he's clapping very loudly. Then goes up to the stage and eventually ends up slapping her before they properly make an exit. And he gives a speech about him needing a job. Yes. And it was very embarrassing. Uh, it was really embarrassing. But also a great scene. I really like that. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like she, he slapped her pretty hard. 
Yes, it did sound like that. Yeah. So Vicky Lester's career keeps doing better and better, while Norman keeps falling further and further down the rabbit hole of alcoholism. Yep. At one point, she does this dance number and is sort of chilling out after it. Yeah. When the film boss, Oliver, jo- Oliver comes in and is they start talking about her man, Norman. Oliver says, well, I know he's in the sanitarium now. Would it help if I gave him an acting part? Vicky's super excited about this. And, she, and, she's, and, and she's also very distraught because she doesn't know what to do. He keeps on drinking. Um, he's, he's awful. He's an awful drunk. Um, she doesn't know what to do, and she just breaks down in front of Oliver. Yeah. Okay, so Oliver goes to the sanitarium, gives Norman the script, and Norman is just, like, not interested. At nope. first, he's doing the stereotypical artist thing of saying, well, you know, I have, like, plenty of other offers. Exactly. Which we've all done before. Yeah. Um, but then Oliver is, like, getting real with him. Like, well, you know, you should really take a look at the script. Uh-huh. And he blows him off. Yeah. So... Oliver goes away, and Norman keeps doing his thing. Eventually, he goes missing because he goes on this drinking binge. Yep. And is arrested around Christmas time. Vicky and Oliver go to the courtroom mm-hmm. where he's about to be sentenced. Vicky convinces the judge, or sentenced. Yeah, sentenced, yeah. Yes. I notice that I screw up words a lot. That's okay. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it doesn't bother me. Oh, good. Vicky gets the judge to release Oliver into her custody. Yep. They go back to their place. Oliver's in the be- bedroom and she, I'm not, Oliver's not in the bedroom. Uh, Giles is in the bedroom. Fuck. What's what? the dude's name? Okay. Not Norman. Giles. Norman, right. Norman, Norman, Norman. All right. Focus here. Fuck, Norman's fuck, fuck. in the bedroom. Norman is in the bedroom. And he's sleeping, or he's he's uh, waking up from a sleep. Yes. And sleeping a lot. I can't believe I screwed that up. Well. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it now. There's nothing you can do about it now. You yes. did. Well, maybe I should just take a swim and not come back. I don't know. Oh, you're, Why going, you you're, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> Let me explain Wait, this l- part. Okay. No, I can explain. <laughs> okay. Oliver and Vicky are having a friendly debate about whether Vicky should end her career and just fo- focus on Oliver and uh, uh, on Norman and getting him to where he needs to be without alcohol. And uh, she in turn decides, okay, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be with Norman because we can be together and I can take care of him and we can, uh, you know, go somewhere else and get out of here. Oliver leaves. Norman heard a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Gets up. Says, I'm going to go from, for a swim. Things, we can have dinner. Things are going to be different this time. Yeah. While I'm swimming, I want you to sing so I can hear you from the beach. Yeah, because I, I want to hear some singing. I haven't heard singing in a long time. Yes. He dies. He, he pretty much drowns in the water. You don't see it, but he it's, goes. Yeah. It's implied that he drowns. At his funeral when she leaves, everybody just wants to talk about her and her career. Uh, which I thought was a great scene. She's hanging out in their projection room of the mansion when her old band leader comes in because they had a gig to 
do the charity event again. As Danny, yep. Yeah, because it's an annual thing. Yep. And he basically convinces her to do it. She goes out on stage and says, I am Mrs. Norman. I am Mrs. Norman Maine. And that's where the movie ends. People applaud. and Yeah. And it, it was implied that she was going to sing yes. in, in that show. But um, it's a really good movie. We left out a lot of stuff. Yes. There was a ton more stuff in there, but we want you to see it. Yes. And you don't remember because you were in Hey! Hey, give me a kiss. No. Yeah. If you, if you intend to make fun of me for this entire episode, <laughs> I don't think you deserve I would never kiss. make fun of you. Now give me a kiss. No. Can I get a kiss? You have to be a little bit more convincing than that. Okay, I'll be more convincing. Give me a kiss. Peeps, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fart noise you just made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would give this film a 8 out of 10. I would, uh, I definitely agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an eight. Acting was great. Judy Garland had a lot of range. Um, James Mason was really good as, um, as Norman. I was also surprised how they handled the whole studio system thing. Mm. Because I would have expected them to be a little bit more safe. Because it was the 50s? Well, not just that, but because the studio system was still kind of going on then. Okay. Right. And you know about that, right? I, I'm not too familiar with that, but can you explain it? It's basically studios would hire actors for like these seven-year contracts, change their names, and make them into big stars. Now, that was sort of waning near the end of World War II, uh -huh. but in a sense, it, it continued in some form or another into the 50s, hmm. right? And one can make the argument that it continues today, and it's just not, we just don't call it the studio system. Right. So I was surprised that they'd be so honest about their own industry. Because it's right. like, when he dies, you have the PR man talking to the press about how horrible it was that he passed away. But we know that he didn't like Norman, because <laughs> at one point he punches him out. It was, it was really interesting how he was like, oh yes, it's very, very sad. Very yes. sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Oh, you didn't like him. Very sad. Very yes. sad. I'm wondering from you. Yes. And I do not know the answer to this. I suppose I could have Googled it. Do you think that Judy Garland got any pushback from this movie? Because uh, it was um, so honest about um, Hollywood? At least that's how I perceive it. Um, It's possible she might have. I mean, the 50s was a different time. Um, It's possible she might have. I don't know. What do you think her character teaches us about staying true to who we are? Mm. You mean uh, staying true to her acting career or staying true to Norman? Well, I would make the argument that she is never really corrupted because Norman goes down this destructive path. Yes. But she stays with him. When he dies... She doesn't want to go out and perform, but she's convinced to. But when she does, she acknowledges him. Yeah. She doesn't um, just blow him off. See, that's what I was expecting. I It's her to just blow him off completely. She teaches us a lot about loyalty, right? She she knows where her loyalties lie. That was her husband. She loved him for, for better or for worse. And even though he was on the path to self-destruction... He wanted to do whatever, uh, she wanted to do whatever she could to, um, to help him, but she couldn't. 
because his problem was bigger than than anything that he he was doing. What do Norman and Vicky teach us about holding on to the past? Hmm. Uh, that's a, uh, explain that. Okay. Here's kind of why that question came into my mind. Okay. When near the end of his life, she's willing to give up her career based on what he did for her early on. Yeah. But since then he's making a mockery out of her. He slapped her in public. Yep. He kind of through his actions has made her go in front of a judge and basically you know, grovel for his safety. Right. And she's been worried about him for all this time, right? Mm-hmm. So she's holding on to past memories of Norman. Mm-hmm. Now, Norman never left his past of alcoholism and That's never right. left the idea that he should be a leading man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe that the that it's it's not always a good thing to hold on to the past this time it's uh the past can haunt you i guess i don't know okay i don't know if that even makes any sense but no, there are I times but there are there are times where you should it, it, there is a time where you have to let go of the past and move on oh yeah what do you think this movie teaches us about celebrity relationships? Don't get married to someone who's famous. <laughs> but what if you're also well known? That's different. I Is don't know. It? I would. I mean, I don't know. I personally would not marry anybody that was famous because if my husband ends up being, you know, whoever it is, if my husband ends up um, a raging alcoholic or a philanderer or everything, it's gonna be in the. It's gonna be in the news. Everybody's going to know about it, and I'm going to be the one picking up the pieces. That's not exactly how I look at it. You don't think so? No. I think this film makes an argument that celebrity marriages can be very volatile because sometimes one person in the couple will be doing very well Mm -hmm. while the other one is just struggling to get work, and that can cause a lot of jealousy in a relationship. That is true, and I think you did mention that yesterday, but I, I gave a different take on it anyway. Oh, that's but I don't think I don't I I I mean, celebrity relationships. Um, it I would imagine it's very tough. Yeah, but you do most of the time, at least have a fair amount of money. So. Yeah, they yeah. Um, but if the celebrity is both, if the if the two celebrities are both. Uh, powerful in that power couple, then it's different. I want you to speculate about Judy Garland. Do you think that some of her unhappiness, we know a lot of it is due to pills and bad marriages, uh-huh. but some of it may have to relate or is because she gave an incredible performance in this film and her career just like, didn't really go anywhere after this. Yeah, but 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 what <clears throat> what about I mean, I don't know what other films she made after this, after this one. I would imagine she made more than that, but uh, yes. That I don't know that this was the one the only film that she did great in. No, she's great in The Wizard of Oz, but this may be her last incredible performance. 
We will know until we see more of Judy Garland stuff, though. But how many of her films do you really hear people talk about today? I honestly don't know because I don't, I haven't seen enough of her stuff. There's two. That doesn't mean. And one is more prominent than this, and that's The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but you're just you're just going off of two movies. You haven't seen enough of her. But stuff. that's what I'm saying, babes. People don't talk about her work really beyond these two films. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's seen every Judy Garland movie ever made and can quote each of them verbatim. But well, for the there most is part. Meet Me. I heard of a film called Meet Me in St. Louis that she was in. Okay, I heard that was good. Well, good for her, babes. Okay. Yes. Is there anything else you want to say about these films or these characters or any questions you want to ask the, me? Uh, no. Um, I just think that people should see it. It's really good. Um, innate would be the proper score for it. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's good. It's dramatic, but it is, and there's some funny things in it, but it's very good. Would you recommend it to anybody you know in real life? Yes, I would, just like I just did. No, but I said in real life, babe. Yes, in real life, yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Very good. You said yes, you did. Yes, I would. Okay. I'm tired oh, a little bit. Oh. I'm a little bit tired. Oh, oh. Yes, I would recommend it to anyone I knew in real life. Nice. Yeah. Alana? Yes. Moving on. Moving on. What does the song Country Road represent to you <laughs> from John Denver? It represents... It, it it represents um Japan, no, Tokyo. Obviously. Okay, 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 okay. Let me talk. You asked me a question. I'm going to answer. All right. It rep it represents um American American stuff. Um, somebody growing up in West Virginia or uh in the country, the country part of the United States. Wait a minute. So you okay. don't think of Tokyo? No. When you think of this let's, let's, song? Let, let's put this in the context. We just saw um, another Studio Ghibli movie, and it was it was called Whisper of the Heart. And some for some reason, the song Country Road <laughs> was featured in this movie. A lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. From the beginning to the middle to the end. Unbelievable. Now, you speculated that John Denver is a lib this morning. When yeah. We were well, he, he was a um, very um, much an environmentalist, and a lot of libs are nice. are env- environmentalists. So, I mean, that's what I thought. Because I just thought of him as this geeky guy that got played on the radio. And when I think and, of- and also, too. He sound he has he has a very much of a like a folky sound to his okay his uh, genre. I mean, I only like a few stuff from him, a few songs from him, so I'm not like a huge fan. But a lot of folk singers are very lib too. When I think of white bland music, I think of John Denver a lot. But babes, yeah, tell me about this movie we saw. Give an overview. It was. It wasn't, there were some enjoyable things in it, but there were some things that we didn't understand either. Yes. Alana picked this one. Keep going. Uh, I picked it, but I didn't know what it was going to be about. That is I just, true. I just thought that Whisper of the Heart had a really cool, uh, title and it almost sounded very Native American to me. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I did like this movie, but it not was, as much as A Star is Born. No, not as much as A Star is Born. Um, 
So, uh, I'll, I guess I could kind of take the lead of this. Go ahead. So the, the main character of this movie is a young girl who's in junior high and her name is, um, Shizuku Tsukushima. Yes. She has a mother and father and older sister named Shiho. I'm guessing she's probably a prostitute. Hey! Let me talk. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, babes. Um, she's, I'm guessing she's either in her late teens or early 20s. She-ho. She-ho. Yes. I, I, it's a weird name. I know. It's a weird name. Um, but she is the more responsible of the two girls. Yes. Um, uh, Sorry. I had to adjust my arm. Keep going. That's, I, I put your legs down. Okay. Sorry, babes. Okay. Keep going. Um, so, Shizuku is, I mean, this takes place in the summertime and she's getting ready to, um, take her exams for high school. But she is still in, uh, she's still in junior high. And this is, she, she, she's like this young aspiring writer and she writes like really corny lyrics to one song called Country Road. Um, and she, you know, she tries, you know, she tries, but it is very corny. And she also wants to write books. And she's reading a lot of books. Not studying, kind of goofing off. She has a, a best friend, friend named Yuko that she visits all the time. Um, and wants to talk about boys with. And she likes to go into, going to the library and checking out books. And she notices one day when she goes to the library that there's these library cards that say the name Seiji Amasawa. So back in the day, yep. when we were younger, if you checked out a book from the library at the, I believe it's either the back or the front, they would have these index cards saying who checked them out before you. Mm-hmm. And I'm only bringing that up in case <laughs> there's anybody who doesn't, who's not old enough to remember that. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. So she kept finding these cards that said Seiji Amasawa, and she's trying to figure out what kind of person is Seiji Amasawa, and how many books did he check out? Um, trying to find out more about this guy. Um, she uh, has other friends. Um, there's this kid named Sujimura that... Um, that her friend Yuko likes, but he doesn't know it. And, um, Yuko and her are, I think it was, uh, Yuko and her are hanging out. There's a bunch of other, other things that happened. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of skipping over and you can, and feel free to chime in, chime in if you want. Okay. So at one day after her sister tells her, you got to give this lunch to dad and her father happens to be a librarian. She's going into the city. She's on a train that is similar to the light rail system here in Portland. (coughs) And she sees a cat and decides that instead of going directly to the library, a good plan would be to follow the cat and see where he's headed. Yep. The cat leads her to this shop that I guess sells antiques. And she starts talking to the old man who's running the place. Mr. Nishi. Yes. And I'm only saying that because that, comes up later in the movie. Yep. Then her friend, 
um, thinks that the one boy is going to ask her out and ends up crying. Because, because Sujimura wants to set her up with his friend. Yes. So the girl ends up staying out of school for a day or two, and Sujimura explains to our girl... Shizuku. Suzuku that he really wants to be with her. She, yeah, he's been in love with her for years. And Suzuku basically says, bro, I can't uh, betray my friend like that. We're not going to go out. Nope. Very good on her part, by the way. Yes. Now, we I don't remember where this place is in the film, so we probably mixed it up a little bit, but this is like the Pulp Fiction version of the movie. She ends up back at the shop, and her man, whose name is from the library card dude. Um, this guy, uh, Seiji Amasawa, is, um, uh, meets her at the shop. Yes. And Seiji, we've seen a number of times earlier in the film. And she's trying to avoid this kid. Correct. But he lets her into the shop and explains that, oh, that's my grandfather. They, they go to their living space. She, he, Seiji shows her this cat statue that she had noticed the first time she was there and sees how beautiful it is. Eventually goes downstairs and ends up playing Country Road with Seiji. And the, two other, two other old men. Well, three because three other old two old guys, two guys and the grandfather come in and join them on the song, which yeah. is so weird that so many people knew the song. It is very weird. Yes. I mean, maybe it, it's possible it was a big hit in Japan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it was so, it was so corny. Yes. <laughs> and then what happens? And, oh, and I should mention something. Go ahead. When she forgot her book. He knew that she knew the words because uh, he found her name in the book and her crazy, corny lyrics to Country Road. Yes. She had written her, written her own version. Yep. Because the song is just so inspiring. Right. Okay, so time fa- fa- fast forward, and she's not exactly the best student. One day, Seiji comes to take her out of class. They go to the roof. A whole bunch of kids are listening in on this conversation. Right. And Seiji says, you know, uh, I just want you to know I'm going to Italy to practice violin. And it's going to take like 10 years of my life. I'm going to come back. No, he's a, he's, he, wait, he's, he's going to make, I think he's going to be a, uh, he wants to be a violin maker. That's right. And that's part of that is studying how to make the violin. Right. See, babes. But yeah, but you said practicing violin. So I I thought I said studying. No. Okay. He well, he's practicing making violin. Right. Anyways, he's going to come back for graduation, and he his parents agreed to let him go and study under this apprentice for two months. But the guy is a real hard ass. So if the teacher, yeah, he's a very he was a very he's a he's going to be very hard on this kid. Obviously, I said I know, yes. but I said the um the appropriate version. I'm taking you to a PG waffle. Anyways. If the teacher decides after two months that Seiji isn't good enough, then Seiji has to return home. And so our girl gets a little bit upset with this and leaves. What happens next, J-Lo? Um, she's very, she's very upset because he's, she's not going to see him for two months and, and she is, uh, not sure what she's going to do. She decides that, you know, Seiji puts the knowledge he reads to good use. And all she ever does is read books and listen to John Denver albums. 
No, she's not listening to John DeRay albums, but she she just reads a lot of books and goofs off. Right. And she's going to spend this time writing a book about the old man's statue. The old man's statue is the Baron and his uh, plight to reunite with his uh, Baroness. So this girl completely blows off her schoolwork, which pisses off her sister, who's all up in her grill. And the parents give her some leeway to do what she wants. Yeah, because and she won't even she won't even eat dinner with them too. No, you know she she won't eat dinner with them. She's constantly scatterbrained about doing the laundry, and she just blows them off when they ask her to do work around the house. Right, but but then, you know, they have a meeting with um, the entire family. No, it's the sister is she ho is kicked out of the meeting very early on. Yeah, she yeah she is she, she actually she is kicked out and she and she is getting ready to move out too. Yes. Yeah. In any event, they're just like, okay, eat dinner with us sometimes, and we're going to let you do your thing. Yeah. She-ho isn't very happy with this, but, you know. But she but she decides, well, you know what? You're going to have the room to yourself. I'm going to move out, and you're on your own. Yeah. Pretty much. In any event, the book gets finished. She goes to the old man's house, <laughs> and is like, this is a novel. She's he's like, a, yeah, but I want you to read it right away. And he's like, you sure and, you don't want more time? And she's like, no, I'll just sit here while you read the book. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go out to the downstairs area while you finish this book. And she imagines that Seiji is waiting for her. Yes, but he's not. He's not. The grandfather comes down, says it's a little bit rough around the edges, but it's mostly good. She gets upset by this, and he has to feed her noodles. She gets upset because she's like, oh, I really thought it was going to be good. Yeah. And so... What he does is he gives her this geode, which is a rock, and he says that in the rock there's all these gems, and you have to look inside you and find these gems, but after you find the gems, you have to polish them. And he also explained the story behind the Baron. Right. It was a a love story. So... The girl goes back home, falls asleep, wake up. Guess who's outside of her window? Seiji. Seiji. Seiji, yeah. Seiji. And guess who's not going back to Italy anytime soon? Because he, he messed up his uh, apprenticeship. Yeah, he, he said, well, he said he, he the, the guy said he wasn't he wasn't ready yet, so he's plan, he plans to go to high school and get more education. They go to hang out and watch the view of the morning. And Seiji basically says, uh, would it be cool if I marry you someday? <laughs> they embrace and the opening credit starts and we hear the music of country road. He does admit that he loves her. Yes. At the, towards the end of the, well, we would hope so. If you after they, us. after they, after they, um, they, um, share the jacket. Yes. And, um, and then thus ending the movie with country road. Yes. Crazy. I like this movie. <laughs> it felt very American in a lot of ways, though. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know if I need to go to Japanese cinema to to hear about America. To hear, to hear an American song that clearly is American and not Japanese. Yeah. It was, it was good, though. I would give it a seven, as I think you said you would. That sounds about right. Not a strong one, but a weak seven. 
I want to ask you some questions now, Uh-oh. as I often do. Of course. Of course. Well, it helps you grow your mind there, J-Wo. Of course, yes. What does Shiho teach us about older siblings? They're really annoying. <laughs> well, I mean, she is obviously more responsible than, um, than Shizuku because she's older, she's lived a little bit longer, she is the oldest, but I thought she was kind of, I thought she was a little bit annoying, but she wanted, you know, I think she thought that uh, Shizuku should go down the path that she went because all the kids are doing that. What does this movie teach us about tradition? Well, I'm assuming that in the Japanese culture and any Asian cultures, they're very, um, as far as what they want for their kids, they want their kids to have a good education because if they don't have a good education, they won't be better off in life. And that's what I've noticed. Because you come from an Asian culture. Yes. But not Japanese. No. But they a lot of Asian families do stress education. What does this film teach us about the path of the artist? Um, well, um, it's definitely going uh, against the grain of tradition, when it, if you're thinking about tradition. Um, and it's, um, it's broad. When the family meeting is happening after Shiho is kicked out of it. Yeah. One of the parents says something to the effect of, okay, you're going your own path, but if you fail, you only have yourself to blame. Yes. How did you feel about that? Um, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was interesting because that's, because now she's being held, she has to hold herself accountable for her own action, her own actions. I'm going to sit up real quick if you don't mind. Go ahead. You don't have a problem with that? Well, it does, it's not going to affect me. <laughs> You're just sitting up, right? Yes. I think that she it's, it's teaching her accountability, taking responsibility for what she does. What does the old man mm-hmm. teach us about generosity? Um, I like this character. I really do. Not just his voice, but... That he's willing to listen to a, uh, to a young girl, um, talk about what her, her goal is and to read what she is writing and to, to mentor her. I saw him as a mentor and also a very generous person. Can we learn anything from Seiji about how failure can sometimes lead to something greater? Hmm. Um, he kind of reminds me of that old saying, if you, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, right? It sounds like he is trying to, um, work hard and, and improve himself. Even if he has to go back and take more, edu- uh, take more, um, more education. We can make the argument that it goes deeper than that mm-hmm. because during their rooftop conversation, we learned that the reason he checked out all those books was because he wanted Suzuki? Shizuko. Suzuko. Shizuko, yeah. To chase after him. And a couple of yes. times, 
he sat down next to her and she didn't even notice him. Right. She didn't because she was focused on other things. Mm -hmm. She was focused on her books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he he um he got her attention. I mean, even even to tell her that her lyrics were really corny and to make fun of her. <laughs> Which is true. They were corny. Yes. But, she needs better yeah. taste in music. Uh she needs uh yeah, she does. Are Shaggy and Suzuko together today? I would imagine that they are. Really? Yeah. Why not? Well, because they met in middle school, and they're now probably around 40. Yeah, just about. I don't know. I mean, I like to think that they're still together. Mm. You know? it's a. I mean, I, li- I like hearing stories like that. I know people that have had uh, similarities to their own love story. Do you think that they've helped each other succeed in the arts overall, or have they held each other back in some ways? Is no, there any I resentment think, in this couple where they are today? No, I think they did help each other. I, I think that they are helping each other. Um, because, as you know, Seiji has inspired Shizuko to think um, about how he has accomplished what he's accomplished and to work even harder. I am not a middle school girl. I hope not. That would be super weird. Yeah, it would be weird. But I think if I was, I'd really enjoy this movie. Okay. Yeah, I think I would too. And I would Uh, also be shocked, like, why is this girl in middle school listening to Country Roads, a song that was released 10 years before she was born? Absolutely. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, I think it might have been 20 years. I don't know. I think he was in the 70s. Anyway. Yeah, but she was presumably born in the 80s. Yeah, probably. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's, I think, I think they should have changed it to an actual Japanese song like mm-hmm. Sukiyaki or, um, something like that. But not a good I don't know. It's very strange. I wonder though, in the actual Japanese version, well, maybe they did use it. I was curious about that, too. So after you went to bed, mm-hmm. I Googled the movie and went on their Wikipedia page. Yeah. And they said a big part of the plot line has to do with the song Country Roads. So they, they probably, so most likely they probably didn't change it uh, to a Japanese song in the Japanese version. Yeah, but I was curious, too. I was wondering, I'm like, well, why would they have it in a Japanese version? It, why? I don't know. It just doesn't add up to me. It doesn't either. It's just a... A horrible running gag in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about this film? Um. Did you think the acting was good? I thought the acting was okay, but again, it falls into that complaint I've had about every Studio Ghibli movie of I would have preferred Japanese actors instead of American um, ones. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I would. So the Sujimura. Um, the Sujimura uh, Shizuki, uh, I'm sorry, Shizuko, Shizuku, sorry, Sujimura and Shizuku conversation where he's telling her that he was in love with her for years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that was necessary. No. I think that Shizuku should have told Yuko, oh, you know, you, you really should try to talk to Sujimura. I think that he, she, he, I think that, um, you have a lot to offer and hopefully, um, it all goes well with the both of you. But I don't think that 
her conversation with Sujimura really, um, really mattered at that point. I would agree with you. Yeah. Yes. I think that they, their story, her and, um, Sujimura, uh, Yuko and Sujimura should have like been in the background. Yes. Yes. So that's how I see it. Does Shiho become a hooker? What? No. She seems very responsible. She does. I don't think, I, I think her name is weird, but no, I don't think she becomes a hooker. I had to ask that. Ugh. Of course she would. My boyfriend, the comedian, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, any more commentary <laughs> about the film? Um, I don't imagine myself watching it again. No. But I am interested to see more um, Studio Ghibli movies. Because I'm really enjoying them. But there's a couple of them that I do not want to watch again. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> huh. Yes. All right, J-Lo. Yes. We can move on from the film discussion, if you like. I, I suppose so. But next week is... Movies we watched as a kid. Yes. So that'll be something to uh, experience. Yes, and the and the movies that I want to show you, and and I will um, say this for anyone who's watching. I is, think you've mentioned it before, but go ahead. I have mentioned it before, but I really hope you like them. One is a cartoon, and one is a movie that I watched over and over and over again as a teen. Nice. <laughs> they both came out when I was when I was a teenager. I'm leaning towards Train Spotting as my second pick. Okay. But I haven't made my decision yet. All right. Choose life. Choose a house. Choose a car. Choose a religion. <laughs> Anyways. I, I I don't remember if I saw that movie, but I heard I heard some things about it. It's the it only good. film I went to see where there were literally lines around the streets. Wow. This was in August of 1996. It was playing at Cinema 21, mm. which is... Like a block or two away from where I used to go to school at MLC. Okay, and we passed by it. Yes, we have. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. That's something to look forward to. Maybe we'll watch that or something else. Yeah. Either one. J-Lo. Yes. I started a book yesterday that I do not know if I'm going to finish. Not because it's not good, but because the Bard app is having some issues again. I... I I'm, I'm sure... I'm hopeful, hope, hoping that it will be okay for you to listen to, um, you know, after you don't listen to it for a few hours or something. It's about all these deaths that have occurred at Yellowstone National Park. Yeah. There's some really wild stories in this book. Yeah, I mean, the ones with bears, it sound really awful. Okay, so let me start off. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this one case where a lady was feeding a bear chocolate Uh. and a park ranger sees her and basically says, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. I know they seem friendly, but they're not. She's very nonchalant about it. And is like, no, this is a friendly bear. Eventually she gets a crowd of people to watch her and she's putting chocolate on top of her head. The bear gets up on her on its hind legs grabs the chocolate off of her head and eats it. Mm-hmm. She's walking backwards to make the bear walk, you know, towards her. And she does this a couple of times, and things are going well. Eventually, she runs out of chocolate and tells the bear, well, you know, no more chocolate for today. Had a good time. So the bear starts to come down, 
and he places her, his claws on her shoulder, and I'm, as I'm placing my hand on yours to demonstrate it, and claws through her clothing, moves his hands down, and claws through her breasts. <gasps> oh. The crowd goes wild, oh. and the bear runs away. Oh. I thought that was pretty funny. Now, I do have a oh. sick sense of humor, but that, that didn't sounds, make me laugh. That sounds painful. As a woman... Thinking about that just just it just sounds really painful. See, as a man, that story really made me laugh because oh. she kind of got what she deserved. No, but that's painful. I mean, I mean, I I know I know she she was a stupid woman for doing that. That's really stupid. But that sounds really really painful. It oh. does. Ah, oh. couple more stories. She probably that. died. I'm assuming so. Yes. Yeah. Ouch. Either that or she found one hell of a plastic surgeon. Oh, jeez. Anyways. Ugh. There was another lady in the book who had a dog and wanted the dog to hang out with the bears. That's not a good idea. Right. So she kept asking these park rangers, well, is it okay if I let my dog off the lease? They tell her no. Eventually, she's talking to one of them and just decides, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. Mm. Unleashes the dog. Dog runs up to the bear before the park ranger can stop it and immediately gets eaten. The lady freaks out at the park ranger like, why didn't you tell me this could happen and that these are dangerous bears? I think she tried to sue the park, but she lost. Well, yeah, because the the the, the ranger told her to keep the dog on the leash so that the, leash, the dog doesn't go up to the bear. Mm-hmm. And that she would have a handle on the dog. I'm guessing a dog was a little dog. I don't know. I don't know. I, that, I don't remember. That was not very smart of that woman. I think it was in the early 1970s, a couple of teenage boys hitchhiked into the park. And the lady who gave them the ride was an employee there or had known the park, basically mm-hmm. told them, listen, you guys got to be really careful for bears in this area. Don't do anything crazy. Don't stay in one area too long here, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. They set up shop. And the first night is going good, but they're leaving all their food around, right? Stupid. And they stay an extra day. Eventually, one of the kids gets taken off by a bear and mauled to death. Ugh. But the body, the bear moves the body. Mm -hmm. The other teen runs for help, gets a park ranger. A couple days later, they find part of the body. 25% 25% of it had been eaten. <gasps> and the family sues the park. Oh. Now, they initially win something like $80,000. But the park appeals. And they went on appeal. So the family got nothing. Wow. There's some uh, other interesting stories there. I think it was Buffalo. Because there are buffaloes at uh, yeah, Yellowstone. And then they're huge. Yeah. One guy. I hope it's... I'm not mis- mistaking it with something else. But one guy... From France, this was in 1984. He wants to get a picture taken with him and the buffalo. And so he's positioning the camera. The buffalo is six feet away from him, like behind him. This tourist bus comes up and is about to stop. And the driver's saying, don't do what that guy does. As he's saying this, the buffalo gets up and basically attacks the guy. These Japanese tourists get off the bus and try to save him. The guy's still alive. He has horns, uh, a horn inside him. Ow. And dies like a, a couple hours later. Ooh. Yeah. 
Lots of interesting stories like that about people just being stupid. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that should deter anyone from going to Yellowstone National Park, but just realize that they don't do these stupid things. There's this weird story. In the 1970s, this family was walking and there's these hot springs. You got to be really careful about these things. Yeah, you, you have to move quickly when you get into those things because it's really, really hot. Yeah. Yeah. There's conflicting reports about this. The parents, if I'm remembering right, make it seem like the kid accidentally fell into Mm -hmm. the hot springs. Mm -hmm. But some people who were behind him say that the kid is basically wondering out loud, oh, I don't think this is very hot at all. And then he jumped in and he's like a nine-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. And of course he died, Mm -hmm. right? There's this other hot spring story I wanted to tell you. Oh, I know. In the 80s, these guys go to the park with their dog. Mm -hmm. And they're having a good time and enjoying themselves. Eventually, the dog jumps into one of the hot springs and is screaming (gasps) for its life. Oh, no. So one of the guys jumps in after him and didn't get the dog. They eventually found parts of his body, the dog's body, a couple days later. But they get the guy out of the water and they try to take his shoes off, but the skin is coming <gasps> off with the shoes. Oh. He has third-degree burns over most of his bodies. Ouch. They take him to a hospital where I think he dies the next day. Oh. So there's a bunch of crazy stories like wow. this. Wow. Just, yeah, stupid things. Do you want to read this book at some point? I don't know. It sounds really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want mean, to say help. It sounds more depressing than the... Uh, the uh, men or uh, women who love men, women who love men who kill. Yes. That's, this is really depressing. Why do you like depressing books? I don't know, babe. I like <laughs> upbeat ones too. No, I mean, I like, I like depressing books to a point. I mean, when, I don't know. It's scary, scary stuff. Yes, babes. But don't let it deter anybody. Don't, you know. We don't want to deter anyone from going to Yellowstone National Park. I heard it's beautiful. Just don't get killed. Don't, don't get killed by bears and make sure that you don't fall into the hot springs. Oh, don't jump into the hot springs. Another story about somebody who was a cook there, right? It's a summer job for him. Yep. And he goes with some friends who are also working at the park one night. I think this is also in the 70s. A lot of these stories are from then. Mm-hmm. And everybody's partying, enjoying themselves. The rest of the crowd goes home. Apparently, this guy was hard to get along with. They don't realize that he's missing until the next day. And they suspect foul play. Eventually, they realize that he fell into one of the hot springs (gasps) and died. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yes. I wonder how long it takes... For a person um, to get used to the hot, hot water and the hot springs because you you can't enjoy yourself, but you have to move quickly. I don't think you're supposed to go in there, babes. But people go to the hot springs. Well, those, so. those are the ones here in Oregon, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think they're a little bit cooler than these. Okay. Yes. Well, maybe the hot springs at Yellowstone Park you shouldn't go into. Maybe you just look at them and take pictures. Well, they say that a lot of people have 
gotten injured or died because the hot springs kind of tempt you. And so you want to put your hand in there just to see if the hype is real. Mm. And that has caused many problems over the years. Okay, because I remember in my senior year of high school, we thought about taking a trip to the hot springs, but it never happened. Oh. So maybe there are hot springs that are cool enough for people to uh, to to wait in. I'm really not an expert on that. To so stand I'm in. So I don't know. Content. I'm guessing that these hot springs at Yellowstone National Park should not be waded in or anything like that. They've said that over the years there's been talk about putting fences around the hot springs. Mm. But... People have been resistant to that idea because the whole point of being out in nature is that there's a little bit of risk involved. Mm. Now, the book also came out in the 90s, so I don't know. For all we know now that they they do have, you know, fences protecting people. Right. I hope not, though. Yeah. But I, I, I talked to somebody that, um, this is, this is a, a long time ago, it might have been a few years ago, about him having an experience in a hot spring that the hot spring that he went to, you could go in there, but you had to, if you're trying to um, make sure that you are used to it, you have to make sure you move your feet nice. quickly until that your body gets used to it. So well, that's what I heard. I'm happy for him, babes. All right. There's another story from the book. It was either elk or buffalo, but this family goes into the park, right? And it's a dad... His three kids and the wife. Mm -hmm. And the dad, I think, wanted to get a picture. I think it was a buffalo next to the buffalo. And the buffalo just, like, attacked and mauled him to death right there. Now, a few minutes earlier, apparently, some kids were, like, throwing food at the buffalo to antagonize them. Yeah, it's not a good idea. They left. He comes along and he, you know, dies for it. Mm -hmm. But that's what you get. the kids will get in trouble. No, that's what you get when you try to take a picture with a wild animal. They said that a lot of people would go there and try to pit, put their little kids, like two-year-olds, on the back of like a buffalo yeah, or a bear good. to take pictures with them. Those are that. some really dumb parents. You just don't do that. Somebody should uh, call Child, child Services. Protective Services, yes. right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, you just don't do that if you know that this is the wild. And, uh, yeah, it's just not good. They're not domesticated animals. No. So you would not encourage somebody to do that with a little kid? No, it's crazy. Okay. No. Uh-uh. Nice. Mm. You having fun moving your feet around there, babes? Certainly. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of that story about um, Timothy Treadwell. Oh, yeah, the bear dude. Oh, it's awful. Because he treated those bears like he... Like, they were his pets, and they, I think he lived in the wild for a while, right? And then he was mauled to death. Yes, he was, and I think it was on video. Because they were making a documentary about him called Grizzly Man. I'm not sure if they were making about him at that time, or if they just took footage that he had shot and edited that, that into the film, I've, which I have not seen, but I've heard good things about. I heard um, this on 2020, like, a long time ago, and I thought, that is such a tragic story. Because, you know, bears are not, you cannot domesticate bears, I don't think. See, I don't know if it is or isn't because part of me says, yes, it's horrible that this man died. And another part of me says, we know that bears are dangerous animals. And if you're going to play with matches, you might get burned. Right. You know, where do you draw the line between the man um, 
should should have known better that these these bears may attack him mm-hmm. and also you know can bears be domesticated i never heard of anyone having a bear in their backyard or whatever yes let me ask you this yeah if i told you that i'm gonna go and play with some bears this afternoon and i get mauled to death will you tell people it's so tragic how i died of course i would i mean i would i would warn you though and say look you're gonna this is not a this is not a a thing you should be doing Mm. but you already know that yeah um, I would still be upset. I would still be very, very uh, grieved. I remember once when I was living in Hawaii, Honolulu, to be precise. Right. I was home one day and watching, I want to say it was either the Discovery Channel or mm-hmm. Animal Planet. Yeah. And Is it Animal Planet? Well, I don't know. Animal Planet has a different channel, I think. Uh, we're going to go with that, babes. Okay. That's, the point of this is not to discuss the cable system in Hawaii. All right, all right. Go on, go on, go on. Okay. There was this couple who looked like they were in their 50s, mm-hmm. and they were hanging out with these polar bears and just letting the polar bears, like, lick their face and jump on them. I just, just remember thinking to myself, I know that they were scientists, and they'd obviously spent time with this pact, but it seemed very, very dangerous to me. I would agree, because they may look cute and cuddly, but... You know, that doesn't mean that they're cute and cuddly. Mm-hmm. Dogs, there are there are wild dogs, but there are domesticated dogs. And dogs are uh, more trustworthy than uh, than polar bears yes. when it comes to um, who is more friendly around humans. And dogs are, um, dogs are friendly around humans, so most likely... You wouldn't be mauled to death by a dog unless the dog was was very poorly trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But I would not want to hang around polar bears. I agree, babes. They want to probably eat my food or me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I'm sure they're cute. Yeah, and I just keep thinking of the faces of death thing, yeah. where they're feeding this grizzly bear, and it attacks them and eats their insides out. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. I really appreciate that. Oh, I saw that when I was nine and I still have that. Oh, yuck. Oh, that must have, like, you must have been traumatized by that. But on the upside, I bet that bear had a great meal. Ew. Okay, you have a weird sense of humor, don't you? Oh, my goodness. It was. Oh, goodness. I think that's the first time I told that story here. I wanted to tell it another time, but you stopped me. Yeah, that was gross. Yes. That's just a gross story. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds painful. I guess. But they were antagonistic. They're like, here, bear, here. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's just not a good idea. They're just stupid people sometimes. Oh yes. Yeah. J Lo. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night? Oh yes, I did. It was so odd. So sometimes when I'm listening to something, I might dream about what I'm listening to, and I, it just happened. I was listening to a version of a song, Another Night in Tunisia. Featuring the Manhattan Transfer, Bobby McFerrin, and John Hendricks, I think his name is. And I had a dream that I was sitting at a table in this room and they were all singing around this, um, around the room. And it was, it was different. (laughs) I don't know. I was very odd. And it seemed very real to me. Very good, babes. Yes. I forgot the dream I had. Okay. So. I will not be sharing any of those with you today. 
Oh, that's fine. <laughs> You're like, okay. I didn't <laughs> ask you to. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about, babes? I don't think so. But definitely go see A Star, a Star is Born. It's, it's very good. Go and see it at the, your local cinema. Go go and rent it. Not at your local cinema because they won't have it. No. But uh, see it on any streaming site you can find it. It's very it's, good. Yeah. Yes. It's very, very good. Yes, yes. I think we should wrap this up and maybe make out for a little while. Oh, yeah. Before I take off. White. And if you want to get even more frisky, we oh. can uh, discuss that after this. Oh now, one last time, babes. Yes. Are you sure you don't want to uh, share the elevator story? No. Okay. It's not that funny and it's not that important. You really don't want to archive it for future reference? No. Okay. No. Because we'll probably both forget it. Good. If I we want, don't talk I, about it. I want, it. I want us to forget it. It's oh. not that memorable, really. What I could do, babes, is write it down after I get home today, uh, and then maybe in a couple of months I'll try bringing it up. No. Okay. I won't do that then. Ugh. Can I get a kiss? Okay. Okay. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm so glad I got to spend some time with you this week, babes. Certainly. Yes. Certainly. And um, next week is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it will. I think we should have some adult fun now. Oh, my goodness. So, unless there's anything else you want to discuss? Uh, no. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Bye-bye for now. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Bubs? But waves. I didn't put stop yet. What? No, 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 no. Don't record that. Um, I'll tell you in a bit. Oh, you will? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to put stop then. Okay. All right. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Even though you might not hear this that day. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.